everyone. Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we will be talking about the Olympic all-around final. History was made in so many ways and this competition truly signifies what the Olympics is all about. So we have some thoughts to share and we will also give an update on event finals and what's still to come. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Karina G, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all so much for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so, so much. If you are new to our show and you like it and you want to become a Patreon member, we have a link to our website, allthingsgympod.com, down below. And on there, you can find a support us tab. You can see our Patreon. We break down the levels, how much it costs, what you get at each tier level, the perks of it, all of that. So if you're interested, check the show notes down below. Thank you all again so much, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Suni Lee is the Olympic all-around champion, continues the golden streak for Team USA that started 17 years ago with Carly Patterson in 2004. Was it really 17 years ago? Yes, I did the math on it yesterday. Wow, (laughs) I feel old. 17 years. Well, I guess it's 17 years from 2021. I know technically... We're calling this the 2020 Olympics, so take a year if you feel compelled to, but (laughs) approximately 17 years since this dynasty in American gymnastics where, you know, the U.S. wins Olympic all-around gold, and we had Carly Patterson, Nastia Liukin, Gabby Douglas, Simone Biles, and then Suni Lee, which is so unexpected but I'm so so here for and I'm so happy for her she deserves it because it is so hard and this applies not just to SUNY honestly this applies to every current competing elite gymnast right now but it's hard to shine when you're kind of always in the shadows of Simone Biles and SUNY has always been incredible has always been one of the top American gymnasts. What type gymnasts in the world, even, you could yes. say? Yes. And she does get, even in terms of, like, the media and, you know, gearing up to the games, all the attention was rightfully on Simone. But there's always that buildup where they look at, like, the Americans and who's going to win. And you always have that that girl, that it girl. And of course, it makes sense that it was Simone coming into this Olympics, but SUNY wasn't really in a lot of, you know, the magazines or in the press that much. Like, I think there was so much attention on Simone that it feels to the outside world like SUNY Lee came out of nowhere. Yes. But to all of us gymnastics fans, we know how amazing she is and that she's really bad hot on Simone's heels multiple times throughout the last year or two. Right, like she literally beat Simone day two of Olympic trials. She was second to Simone at nationals, not only in 2021, but in 2019 as well. I mean, yeah, she's always been there. And 
you know, sometimes I just think about like American gymnastics without Simone, who would be the it people, who would be the ones that go on to win Olympic all around gold. And she and was always that person. Suni was always that person. Like she is so, so talented. And I think a lot of people thought of her as just a, on an even bar worker, like just a specialist, but she's not clearly she's an all arounder. And now she is the Olympic all-around champion. And I think it's so well-deserved. I'm so, so happy for her. And while you think too about just the past couple of years that she's had, she's been dealing with injuries to her. I don't know if we've ever confirmed what it is. Like some people say it's her Achilles and then she kind of just refers to it as like ankle problems. Yeah. But just injuries in general, like she's worked through that. You can see the pain in her face sometimes, especially when she does events like floor. So, or vault, which she nailed by the way. Yes. We'll get <laughs> To that but just to work through those injuries and still be able to come out on top she lost two relatives to covid last year you know her dad's accident that's pretty well publicized and a lot of you probably already know about that she's just been through so much and to not only win the gold but also be the first asian american all-around champion making the Hmong community proud there's so so much that's good about this that it makes my heart very very happy yeah. and i had tears in my eyes watching her win yeah i've only teared up a handful of times like i could count on my my two hands how many times i've teared up because of gymnastics and this was one of them it was during the medal ceremony just seeing her up on the podium seeing her with a little bit of like water in her eyes she didn't have like tears falling or anything but she you could tell she was definitely like holy crap what's happening yeah um it's just yeah it's so amazing i'm so proud of her i'm so glad that she got her moment and you know she'll forever be remembered as one of the all-time greats for the usa and i think she deserves that but i will say this meet was a nail biter going in we didn't truly know who was gonna win and even up until the final rotation we didn't know who was gonna win this is the competition this is the olympic all-around final that we've all always wanted yes where you have so many people who could win it comes down to the very last rotation very last routine yeah to decide who's gonna be the olympic well, all-around champion technically second to last routine because jay well, carey was last yes but the <laughs> last couple of routines it was coming down to the very very end and rebecca andragi won the silver medal which is historic for brazilian gymnastics it's historic for south american gymnastics there's so much that's good about this so rebecca she won the first olympic medal for brazil in gymnastics on the women's side highest finish for brazil in the olympics since 2008 with jaji barbosa she's also the first gymnast to win an all-around medal from a team who didn't qualify to the olympics mm-hmm. because as we know rebecca she had three acl surgeries in the, within the last couple of years and her being out with an ACL injury was actually one of the reasons you could say that Brazil struggled at Worlds in 2019 and didn't qualify a team onto the Olympics because they didn't have one of their stars. So to see her qualify as an individual at, I believe, the last qualifying event, the Pan Ams. Uh, yes, yep. Very last opportunity to qualify. She got in there and she's having just the meat of her life at these Olympics. She qualified to vault and floor event finals, obviously the all-around final, and she got a medal, a silver medal at that. So, so cool. And and honestly, I think this is going to be a turning point for Brazilian gymnastics. Think about how, you know, all those years ago when Mary Lou Retton won the Olympic all-around gold medal in 1984, how that like inspired the next generation of 
of American Gymnasts. Oh, yeah. I, even though, okay, yeah, it's not like she won, but the silver medal, that's totally oh, a win. The country of Brazil is besides themselves right now. Yeah. On social media, they're like ecstatic. They're popping off. Yeah. Jessica from Gymcastic said that the media was like standing up, cheering, waving flags, which is like not allowed. But they <laughs> just couldn't help themselves. Yeah. Well, and Rebecca jumped after the all-around final. She surpassed a million followers on Instagram. Even Flavia's numbers are going up and Flavia still has to compete in the beam final. She wasn't competing in the all-around. We're manifesting a beam medal for her as well. Yes. I just feel like Brazil, they're so prideful. They love their gymnasts. Oh, yeah. And to see Rebecca come out with a silver medal and be so close to winning gold, that's got to be so inspiring. So I have a feeling that... yeah, so happy about it. There's so many little girls in Brazil right now that want to be the next Rebecca Andrade. And I just think that's so amazing. Also, real quick, speaking of followers going up on Instagram, Suni Lee, I believe before... This, I'm not quite sure. It was either before the Olympics or before, like, the all-around competition. I'm not quite sure. But she had around, like, 300,000 followers, and now mm-hmm. she's up over a million. Yeah. After the primetime coverage on NBC, so. It's interesting uh, to watch, like, it continue to, to jump up after each competition. Like, America knows who Suni Lee is now. She jumped quite a bit after she won, like, so in real time, like, she had just won. And then after <laughs> the NBC coverage, she jumped even more, because you get more people to watch. Obviously, some, some people don't wake up at six in the morning the watch, gone. yeah some people don't wake up that early to actually watch live but there's like intervals like she jumped like several hundred thousand and then after the, the NBC coverage jumped again so and I think she's only going to continue to grow she's got bars and beam finals still to come and has a great shot at a medal and at least one maybe two so I have a feeling Suni's not done yet she's going to end up being the star of these games she is and it's here for it 100% deserved and also Rebecca from Brazil another star of these games and I I just want to say this too I feel like I severely underestimated her even on this podcast like when we talked about our predictions I know we mentioned her name a couple times but I don't think I actually genuinely in my head thought that she was going to contend for as many medals as she's actually contending for and I want to genuinely apologize to Brazilian gymnastics fans and also to Rebecca not that she's listening to this but I, I underestimate her, for sure. And not to make excuses, but I, I think deep down we knew how great she was because I remember watching her in Rio and, like, she was incredible. I think that with how much she's been injured, she really hasn't been on a lot of people's radar because yeah. she's been constantly coming back from injuries. So I think it's easy to focus on, you know, the people that you see out there competing and winning all the time. And I do think she kind of just went under the radar a little bit this Olympic cycle because she was coming back from that injury, especially so close to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she made a fool out of us. <laughs> but I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy for her. And I think that she's not done either. She's going to be in the vault floor finals and she has a great shot at winning a medal on both those events as well. So yep. Keeping our fingers crossed that she can continue to make history. And then for the bronze medal, we had Angelina Melnikova from the Russian Olympic Committee. She has been Russia's star for so many years. She's the defending all-around bronze medalist from the 2019 World Championships. And she officially now has a full set of Olympic medals. She got, obviously, gold with the Russian Olympic Committee in the team final, silver with the Russian team in 2016, and then now with this bronze medal in the all-around, 
She's got the full set. Also, though, I just want to say she has the potential at these Olympic Games alone to get a full set. Like I just said, she has gold with the team. She now has a bronze in the all-around for herself. She will be in the vault final, the bar final, and the floor final. So she has a chance for three more medals. So as long as she can snag a silver medal in one of those three events, which I would say is a pretty decent possibility. She has a like, fair shot. I could see that happening. She will have just an entire set from these games alone, which I would love personally. Yes. I wrote that down in my notes as well. I love when gymnasts can get the full medal collection. It just proves to the world how much of a star they are. They can walk around with their Olympic medals and have one of every color. Like, look how great I am. Right. And Angelina totally deserves that. I also am just happy for her. She seems like such a sweet girl. She I really does. am. As the more and more time goes on, I'm really just loving her personality. We really got to see it with the all-around series that Scott from the Olympic Channel did. And, and I just feel also, too, Angelina, to me, plays a big part in this. Don't you love the camaraderie between all the girls? Yeah, they all look so genuinely happy for each other. Yeah, and I can't help but think back to the very first Olympics that we ever watched, 2004, and, you know, Carly Patterson, <laughs> Svalana Horkina, and, you know, like, you would never see them interacting with each other the way that Angelina interacted with Suni and Rebecca, and it just seems like everybody is just one big happy family. Everyone's just happy to be there. They're all friends. Yeah. And it's not just, like... All the American girls are friends. And, like, you're friends with your own teammates. It's, like, all the international people are friends. And social media, I think, has a big role in that as well. But I'm thinking of the picture. I saw a couple pictures, actually, after the all-around medal ceremony with Suni and Angelina and Rebecca with their medals. They were just all so happy (laughs) and so happy for each other. And I think even in the press conference after, like, they were all just, like, saying that they were happy for each other. And I just think that's super sweet. And I, I see Angelina kind of as, like, the the head of that like she seems so supportive yeah she does and you could hear like Simone and Jordan and Grace Michaela like the other U.S. girls because they were in the stands during the all-around final you could hear them cheering for Angelina you could hear them cheering for Melanie DJ Sousa Santos I just I love it I do too just a little side note not really relevant at the end of the day in terms of like who's winning medals but but it's relevant in terms of like feelings and happiness and joy and camaraderie in the Olympics and beautifulness just just love to see it Also want to give a shout out to Vladislava Razaba from the Russian Olympic Committee. She was fourth in the all-around. So happy for her. It was a close battle for the Russians to get into the all-around final with Vladislava, Angelina, and Victoria Lisanova, all amazing all-arounders. But Vladislava, she delivered, and I feel like she has such a bright future. This is not the last time we're going to see her. Oh, no. I'm going for, like, world champion. Yes. world champion. I was just about to say, I'm hoping that she sticks around for worlds like this year I don't know what her plans are but I could see her winning yeah she's so clean and so good in every event her vault in particular is what surprised me just with how high she got in her double I will say the way she landed in the all-around final with her ankles crossed (laughs) yeah it's weird because she's stuck landing or she made it have like a small hop in place but it was a damn near stick (laughs) but her ankles were crossed when she landed which is a little bit scary. Not really a fan of that technique. Yeah. But otherwise, beautiful vault, beautiful gymnast. Really the complete package, I think. Like, she has the beautiful lines and the grace, but she also has the big skills as well. The skills that she needs to be competitive. Well, I think 
she kind of reminds me for some reason Kyla Ross is what's coming to mind she's like the quiet underdog like I feel like when it comes to Russia she's not the first person that you think of most people were talking including us like I'm talking about myself here we're talking about Angelina Malnikova and Victoria Lestinova and Arasova was there like we all knew that she was gonna be on the Olympic team she was gonna be in contention for the all-around spot but I think when it actually came down to like being on the podium like I I don't think that I was like thinking that she was gonna be the one that was up there or finishing in fourth like right on everyone's heels yeah so that surprised me like just how clean she is and consistent and she doesn't have necessarily the big flashy skills but what she does do she does so great and I think that her consistency is really what and her also her execution is what allowed her to stay in the mix I forget at what points but there were a couple different points throughout the competition where she was in like she was on the podium yeah oh yeah she was very much you know in the conversation the whole way through to get on that metal podium I just really want her to stick around for Worlds. I'm not lying. I, I think she can win the all-around title. There's a couple people that could win the all-around title, I think, for Worlds. Worlds is also going to be a battle, but we'll, we'll save that for another day. Yes. <laughs> also, I want to give a shout-out to Jade Carey. Stepped in kind of last minute with Simone going out, and I think she handled it really, really well. It was her first all-around final. She's never been in the all-around final at Worlds. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is her first Olympics. She finished eighth in the all-around. I think she handled the pressure well. She did have an unfortunate fall on her series on beam and also went out of bounds on one of her passes on floor. So it, it wasn't the best competition for her, but I think that... You know, if you would have said at the start of this quad in 2017 that Jade Carey was going to end up being eighth in the world and competing in the Olympic all-around finals, I think a lot of people would have laughed in your face and not believed that. So I think she's come a long way and... The way she's been performing is a testament to how far she's come. Oh, for sure. And I think the fact that, you know, several years ago, that even when it came to bars, she didn't have, like, releases. And you could say that she didn't really have, like, elite routines. For her to really, within the last four years, kind of seemingly come out of nowhere, get to this level so quickly, and then be in an Olympic all-around final. Yeah. Well, because, like, to remind people, too, like, she was a level 10. She didn't go the traditional route in elite gymnastics in the United States where you go through the development program and you're a hope gymnast and you're a junior elite for so many years like she didn't do that she was a level 10 and then just decided to go elite so she immediately became an elite and joined the senior ranks also mind you she went to worlds in 2017 and won two silver medals which yeah. is amazing but those were kind of her standout events she wasn't really an all she was too weak to be considered an all-arounder which is point. why she went the specialist route yes and I was about to say that as well like that's why she even pursued that because she felt at the time that her, she, her greater she had a greater chance of making it to the Olympics if than she being one of the top four all-arounders in if the she US. focused on her her specialty events and, you know, didn't feel that she would actually end up being one of the top four all-arounders in the country. And, you know, I think it depends on the day, of course. There's days where she's not, and then there's days where she can be. But, yeah, just to think about her being here at the Olympics, competing in the Olympic all-around final, and placing eighth despite having a fall and an out-of-bounds on floor. Like, she could have actually placed higher if she hadn't have done that. I think it's incredible. I think she should be really happy with herself, and she's also not done. She has vault and floor finals as well. Has a great shot at a medal there. So I'm excited for Jade and hoping that she's going to get her Olympic medal. I also want to give one more shout out real quick. You skipped all the way down to Jade Carey. I want to go back up to fifth to Murakami Mai. Yes. She got fifth and she came in qualifications 23rd. 
<laughs> so she had a massive improvement from qualifications to the all-around final. Get it, girl. Yeah. Get it when it matters most. And I was kind of angry because we didn't see her on the broadcast. Well, not on the NBC broadcast. They showed her, I think, on vaults and bars. Yes. During the live stream, like we were watching on Peacock. And like the it's the mainstream. Like we didn't have up individual events. We just had up the mainstream. But like, yeah, we didn't really get to see her a whole lot. And she was always in the mix. Yeah, like she's, from start to finish. She's better than that. She's better than not being shown at all. Justice for my, she deserves better. <laughs> Just wanted to give her a shout out. Really happy for her and hoping that she can get a floor medal within the next couple of days. Yeah, she did qualify eighth on floor, but she's a lot better than that. She's a world champion, just in case you forgot, on that event, so... I think she has a great shot at a medal, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed, because how cool would that be? I would live for it. <laughs> so let's go back, and I guess rotation by rotation, just any moments that stood out to you, or anything that made you feel some type of way. I'll go first. One thing that I've seen people online talking about, and I also have my feelings about, is the scoring difference between Rebecca Andrade Anval and Jade Carey. So they both do a chun, and they were only separated by one-tenth. And one vault is clearly superior to the other vault. Yeah, so I woke up this morning and I saw, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but somebody did this on Twitter. It's like a side, a slow-mo side-by-side. <gasps> Someone did that? Yes. Oh, I need to see it. You, everybody needs to see it because it really shows you, first of all, just how incredible, I was just so fixated on Rebecca, <laughs> like how incredible her chun is. And then when you look at it, and this, I'm by no means, I'm not trying to like insult Jade or anything, but just it shows you how incredible Rebecca's vault is when you're looking at it next to Jade's, because you can really see she does the half turn onto the table. She's completely square. Like she completely gets that half turn and then she pushes she blocks and goes straight up in the air and she f- like flies up into the air before she starts twisting. It almost looks like she's doing a Nabieva on bars. The, yeah. p- the picture that I saw, she ha- she's like stretched out. She has her arms out to the side. She's like completely like flying through the air. Yeah. And you could take her, tilt her up just a bit, put an uneven bar behind her and she's doing a Nabieva. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What you're saying. But that's her block basically. What you're like, saying is that yeah, she blocks and then you can see how just like stretched and laid out she is in the air. And then she kind of just like hangs there for a second before she starts the twist and it's different than jade say for example because especially in the side by side you can really see it jade does the half turn onto the table and she starts to twist immediately so she's not really ever straight on the table mm-hmm. and she's kind of like on an angle a little bit crooked as she's coming into the table with bent arms and then she immediately starts to twist she doesn't get as high in the air as a result of that and that's a difference, first of all, for scoring-wise, but then also Jade's legs come apart pretty significantly as she's making contact with the table. Her legs are coming apart in the air. Rebecca does not do that. Um, Jade also had a pretty big hop back on her landing. Rebecca stuck the landing. I don't remember. Did she go out of bounds? I think her foot landed yeah. on the line, so she would have gotten a 10th deduction for that. But that was one thing that kind of blew my mind. And don't get me wrong. Like, they're both amazing fathers. I'm not trying to crap on Jade. No, you're just saying, though, that to only have a 10th be the difference between the two is so outrageous. Yes. There should have been a much bigger gap between the two. Rebecca's vault is superior. I honestly... Say I want to say it's the best chun I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone. I want to see it in comparison to Simone's. I do too. Someone needs to do that side by side because that would be that'd be a good one. Because Simone's chun is so amazing too. But I feel like 
Rebecca just gets off the table and gets that height, like, better than anyone I've ever seen before. It's, yeah. It's really something special. And she's going to be doing an Aminar in the event final, so I'm assuming the Chong and the Aminar are going to be her two balls. And if she can nail that Aminar, I'm a little bit worried about it because I know that's one of the reasons why she tore, at least her ACL, one of the times was doing an Aminar on vault. So it's a little bit scary, but if she can nail it and she's feeling confident and she's going for it, like, gold medal, question mark? I could see it. And if not gold, absolutely a medal. She has a great chance of getting a medal on ball because she is definitely one of the best vaulters in the whole world. Also, shout out to Suni. She had one of the vaults of her life in the other one final. Yep. That's the first thing I said. The sec- She was the first person to go, actually, I think, at least as far as the broadcast was concerned. But... Yeah, best vault I've ever seen her do. In the air, the landing, she was smack dab right in the center of the mat. Like, it, she couldn't have done it better. Yep. That was the best way. It reminds me of Nastia in 2008. You know, the performance that won her a gold medal in the all-around. Vault was always Nastia's weaker event, and she nailed her one and a half. That's how she started the competition. And then here's Suni. It's not a bad vault for her. Like, it's, er, I, I said that wrong. Vault's not a bad event for her, but I would say that it's one of her weaker ones, especially yeah. Especially with the ankle and th- those issues going on. And she started the competition the same way. Nailed her vault and really couldn't have done it better in my opinion. So once she did that, I was feeling pretty good. Like, that was the way you wanted to start. Suni needed to start her competition that way. And oh, for she, sure. She did it. She came through. Although I wasn't going to feel good until we got through beam. But we'll get there. <laughs> as far as bars, both the Russians, Razava and Melnikova, looked great on bars. Suni also hit her routine. She got her full difficulty. From the angle of the live broadcast, she looked a little bit off, and you couldn't see it in the NBC primetime coverage because Tim and Nastia weren't talking about it. But when we were watching it live, I was like, oh, look, she looks yeah. like she's off. Well, and I remember watching qualifications, and it was the same way. It was just the angle, that camera angle. It's on the hard wash up to the Maloney. Yeah. And I think it really is just an angle thing because when you're watching it from the side, which that's the angle that the judges are looking on. True. You really don't see it at all. I think that like people are noticing it more because we're watching it from an angle that we've never seen Suni do bars from before. Like <laughs> you don't really get, you're normally on the side of the bars. You're not in front of the bars. Yeah. And you can really see like her shoulder angle and she looks a lot more crooked than she normally does, but I think it's just the angle. Like, watching it on NBC, it looks, her bar routine looked as great as it always has. Mm-hmm. And it scored very, very well. Suni has been killing bars at this Olympics. She has. She's gotten her full difficulty every single time. Stuck her dismount every single time. Like, yeah, nailed the crap out of it She's every single time. She's doing the Nabieva with her legs together. There was that period of time where she was, like, separating her feet as she came over the bar. She's not doing that anymore. I mean, yeah, it really... She's looking fantastic. She's just coming for her second gold medal. What can I say? (laughs) Just a quick comment, too. This is just something I thought was funny. From watching both the stream on Peacock live and it was happening, as well as going back later and watching the NBC primetime coverage, both Bridget, Bridget Sloan, and Nastia both said that Jade was supposed to connect her church down to the low bar. And that doesn't make sense. And it was funny to me that they both said it. Because what ended up happening was that Jade is supposed to do a church into a ginger. That was the connection she has 
always done and she was supposed to do. Yeah. So I think that they knew that she didn't connect something, like they, but they didn't know what. But it was funny to me that they just both made the same mistake and they said that she was supposed to take it down to the low bar when in reality she does church to Ginger and then goes up to the handstand and then does a shova, which is a straddle back half down to the low bar. And it wouldn't make sense for her to do a church and then go down to the low bar. It would if she did like a pack salto or a bail. Or yeah, something. that's what I was thinking. Like as far as like the direction she's facing, like she would have to have done a pack or a bail or a, a hard wash or whatever. Some, something that Jade never has done in the past. Right. Like it wasn't possible for her to connect the church to the shova. Like she wasn't facing the right direction and they both said it. So, and that was just kind of funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to mention, I thought of this while watching the NBC broadcast, and I can't really explain why. Maybe somebody else can help me put it into words better. Does Rebecca Andraji remind you of Elizabeth Price? Particularly on bars. It's Maybe. something about her release moves, the way she swings bars. She reminds me so much of Evie Price. Yeah, I can see that. And I can't quite pinpoint why. It's something about her release moves... I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch videos, but I feel just from my memory, like I could see that. Like really powerful bar swinger. Yes. <laughs> That's just a no. I'm over here bringing up things that don't actually matter to the rankings, <laughs> but I'm like, huh. Through your observations. Well, Rebecca, she had a great routine, and after the first two events, she still had the lead over SUNY, which was interesting because bars was the event where we were like, SUNY needs to make up ground. Like, if she's going to move ahead, this is going to be where she does it. And they were close at that point, but Rebecca still had the lead after two. Well, because SUNY was in fourth after the first rotation, and that's really just because her start value was lower. Like, you had Rebecca doing a chun, which has a much higher start value. And they both did so well, so it really, at that point, just came down to who had more difficulty. So I think it was, SUNY needed that bar routine to kind of close the gap, which is exactly what she did. Moving on to Beam, this is where... Things got interesting because Suni went up and right off the bat on her triple wolf turn, she got her foot on the beam, but like barely. Yeah. And, and her shoulders were also leaning. She was leaning back a little bit. Yeah. Which can't do on beam. <laughs> she, she, so she had like a small little arm movement to correct herself. The thing that was impressive to me was how minimal, like I feel like when you're off on a wolf turn like that on beam, it could be a really big deal. Like yeah. you could very easily be off and how minimal it looked when she corrected herself. It was a great save. Yeah. It's like she took something that could have been very big and disastrous as Tim would say, and made it not that big of a deal, which was super impressive. However, she did not connect to her double wolf turn right after like she was supposed to, which did change her start value just a bit. Yes. Yeah. I think Suni, she was a little bit nervy on beam and it probably came from starting with that, you know, little balance check from the wolf turn. I also, noticed at one point that she kind of wobbled on her dance yeah like she was just dancing not doing a skill or anything and was starting to lose her balance a little bit but I think she kept her composure together pretty well and yeah it was nothing major she had nothing major wrong with her routine it was just kind of like little things here and there yeah I would still say honestly with the exception of the wolf turn which the save was incredible but with the exception of that little hiccup One of the better routines that she's done on beam. Yeah. Like, it was still a great routine. And then Rebecca Andraji, obviously, going in, she was the leader. She went up and hit one of the best beam routines that I've seen her do. I'm not quite sure. I haven't watched every single meet that she's ever been in, but... 
from what I know, that was one of the best routines that she was capable of doing. Yeah. Hardly a wobble. I don't even know if there was a wobble, to be honest with you. If my memory serves correct, mm-hmm. it was pretty much a flawless routine. Yeah, she was pretty sharp. She scored originally a 13-5-6-6, which a lot of people were really upset about. And that had a lot to do with her e-score, which was a 7 9 6 6 and I'm assuming it was because of her leaps. It was kind of hard to tell from the angle that we were watching at, like what, like if her leaps got the full 180. I'm assuming that some of them didn't. Yeah, well, especially the NBC broadcast. I think Peacock had a different angle. And they looked fine to me when I was watching it live, but also sometimes when you're watching it live, you know how that goes. You're so like, your brain's all over the place. I was like focusing like as if, if she was staying on, if she was wobbling. Yeah, and it, nothing was like glaringly obvious. Like sometimes when you watch certain gymnasts, you can, you see like she did not hit that leap at all. It's very obvious. It wasn't obvious to me that she wasn't hitting the leaps. So I don't think it would have been that much of an issue. Like, it wasn't 100% evident that she did not hit those leaps. So the score then was pretty low, Would you would say? Yeah, I think it definitely was a little bit low. Could have been. It wasn't, like, outrageously low, but I think um, in comparison to some of the other routines... Especially the E-score. When you compare the E-score to everybody else's, yeah. really, with the exceptions of the Russians, who were far superior, as they should be. <laughs> but I think that... Could have been a little bit higher. Yeah, for sure. So they put in an inquiry. It was accepted. And it actually did raise her score a tenth, which I think was a little bit better. Like, that was a little bit more on par with what I was expecting. And she got a 13-6-6-6. So that was with the inquiry. Yeah. But at that point in time, it was not enough to pass SUNY. So going into the final rotation, SUNY had the lead. And Rebecca was third. Dun, dun, dun. And Razava from Russia was second. Not what we were expecting I think going into that last rotation no. especially with the way Rebecca hit beam I yeah I this is what where things shocked me and I'm sure a lot of gymnastics fans were also shocked by this I was expecting Rebecca to still have the lead mm-hmm. and obviously Razava she's been hitting at that point her beam routine was phenomenal big comeback from the team final where she had a fall on her layout step out series and also Angelina she also hit her beam routine yes. so they were both steady throughout keeping themselves in the mix um I think I really did expect Rebecca to have a lead over SUNY going into that last rotation and she was third yeah so that was interesting but things were still really close. And sometimes it can be a little bit misleading to be like, oh, well, she was in third. But, like, things were still really close. Like, at that point, I think it was still anybody's game. Like, I th- it was just over a tenth. I think just over a tenth and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it was close. And with Rebecca, she has a higher start value than Suni on floor and was really, really, really strong in qualifications. Like, she's the kind of person that is dangerous on floor yes. because she has really big tumbling and she knows how to stick the landings. Yes. So I think that could have been a little bit scary for Suni because floor is also the event that Suni has struggled a little bit on, especially that last pass. So we all know that she kind of started the season doing three passes. She added in the fourth to up her difficulty, kind of felt like she needed to do that. She decided to take out the fourth and final pass, which I think was really, really smart because she'd been coming in a little bit short on it. And obviously that's significant deduction so she knew that if she wanted to stay you know on top she would have to have a phenomenal routine with very minimal deductions she ended up taking out that pass and I think it was the best decision that she could have made because her team was really really good yeah and Spencer from the balancing situation tweeted this and I couldn't agree more that was an example of basically do less like you don't always have to have the most difficult routine if you go out there and you do a routine that you could hit and be confident and have it be a consistent routine. 
it could pay off in the end. And I think yeah. that's exactly what happened for Suni. She didn't risk it with her injury. I don't know if she was having like an ankle problem at that point in time. For whatever reason, they decided to take that out. And I thought it was a really smart decision in the moment. She, she said in, in one of the interviews, she did like a million interviews after. So I don't know which one it came from. But I remember hearing her say after, after the fact in an interview that they knew that she was a little bit inconsistent on the last pass. That she was struggling with it. I think she had been struggling with it in, you know, the practice. So I think they were just playing it safe simply because they knew that was their best shot. But I love that as a strategy, though, because I think that's not what we're used to seeing in years yeah. past. It's Normally always it's up like, the difficulty. Yeah, like you, it's down to the last like tenth, tenth and a half, whatever it is. Like go out there, pull out all the stops, bring all your difficulty, and go for it. But in this case, as we saw, like the strategy of do what's better for you, do what you're more consistent with, do what's easier for you, mm-hmm. actually ended up paying off in the end yeah because and granted we didn't know this as it was happening we know it now in hindsight if suni had done her fourth pass and was and landed it the way that she has been landing it she wouldn't have won because that's how close things ended up being in the end yeah so the difference between gold and silver was 0.135 <laughs> so just over a tenth yeah and you could really say that even with Rebecca Andraji going out of bounds on her first pass, she went out of bounds on her first pass with two feet. It was hard to tell from the angle, but yes, I think she landed like right on the line, but she was out with both feet. Then she stuck her two middle passes, like stuck them cold. And I'm like, ooh, she's angry. She's going for this. And then the last pass, unfortunately, she went out of bounds again. Just one foot, so it would only be a 10. Yeah, so you could really argue that one of those out of bounds is probably what did it for her. Because it's still, even with her having those two out of bounds, it still ended up being really close between gold and silver. Mm -hmm. Like, you could take away one of those out of bounds and maybe even keep one of them, and she still possibly could have got gold with it. Yeah. Basically, Suni needed to do exactly what she did. Very smart to take out that last pass. And Rebecca, yeah, I think that, of course, she could have been a tiny bit better and she wouldn't come out on top like you said just it's it could have been just not going out of bounds on one of those passes but the thing is i've seen a lot of people talking about the podium and who deserved to be where my thoughts on this are i think that at times rebecca was underscored on her vault on her beam um i also think that she made mistakes like on floor mm-hmm. i think in the end the podium ended up being the correct order. I think you could go back and argue that, you know, this person's score was too high, this person's score was too low. But I think in the end, it came down to Rebecca having too many mistakes on floor. And therefore, the order did end up being correct, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think when you look at Suni's performance just as a whole... She was pretty on. Like, I would say that was one of her best all-around competitions yeah, in really, her career. Yeah, really, with the exception of that little wobble on beam on her wolf turn, like, the rest of her competition was pretty dang solid. And that wobble really wasn't even that big of a deduction. Like, of course, we all talk about it and we make a big deal out of it because it was a really great save. But the wobble itself wasn't even that severe. It's no. Not like she, it's not like she was, you know, circling her arms around and really, really, really fighting That's to stay I'm on. That's what was so impressive about it. She actually made a really big you know mistake she disguised it pretty well like she made it look so minimal with the way that she saved it yeah which is really impressive that's a veteran move that's an olympic all-around champion kind of move (laughs) but in the end i think i'm so happy with how this podium turned out 
I love Rebecca. I love Suni. I love Angelina. And I love that they were so happy. You know, we already talked about the camaraderie. I love that they were happy with their medals. I love that they were happy for each other. Mm-hmm. It just was a big happy moment in the end. No sad tears, which not crapping on sad tears. Like, that's fine. Like, if someone's upset with their performance, they're allowed to cry. Like, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't cry. But I just loved seeing everyone be happy. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the end, you could just feel genuinely happy for everybody. Yeah. There was no, like... Uh, people upset it was just like we're all olympic medalists we're all happy and as it should be because they should all be proud no matter what color they got so much they all they all made history yeah Yeah. love it there's also been a lot of discussion on suny you know now that she's the olympic all-around champion and we can expect her to start raking in quite a bit of money with this performance and things she's going to do coming up whether she's going to go pro or go to college and scott bregman actually did a piece we can link it possibly down below if i can go back and find it Suni's actually said that she still intends to go to Auburn. She's leaving sometime mid-August. She plans on taking a few weeks off after the Olympics. That's a really quick turnaround. It is. Yep. And then going to college. I'm stressed for her. (laughs) I know, right? But I'm also happy for her. And I think that this is exciting because, like, that means we're going to see an Olympic all-around champion in college. And at Auburn. Of all places. Right. Like, that is... Huge for Auburn. Huge for them. Yeah. So exciting. And she has the potential for more gold coming up. Updates on event finals. I guess we can real quickly end with this. Simone Biles has officially withdrawn from the vault and the uneven bar final. They will make a decision and continue to reevaluate her and her safety and what she's capable of doing for the floor and beam final. But that means that Michaela Skinner will now be going in her place on vaults. Very exciting for her. The shortest retirement ever. (laughs) I made a joke on Twitter about that. Like, Her retirement lasted longer than Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphrey's wedding. (laughs) Hopefully you appreciate that. Keeping up with the Kardashian I know how bummed Michaela was to not make event finals. And it's hard because she finished fourth in qualifications. Like, she's definitely one of the best vaulters in the world. And really, in terms of performance, deserved to be in that final, but got too perpetrated out. So I'm... I don't like the circumstances in which it's happening, but I am happy that she's going to get her shot to compete in the finals and go for a medal and keeping my fingers crossed for her because I think that that would be the perfect story to go from just everything that she's been through to make it to the Olympics, but then to think that you're not in the final and then to be like, just kidding, you're in, and then to potentially come out of it with a medal. And she almost went home. (laughs) That's the thing. Like She almost was like not in the country I just watched her YouTube video yesterday and she's like contemplating like what to do she's like should I go home I don't know what to do and you're watching this like I'm gonna pray about it and like hopefully I get a sign to know what to do and you're like honey you're about to get an even bigger sign that you could possibly be an Olympic medalist in the next couple of days so that's super exciting and I'm happy for her and I'm looking forward to that final and between Jade and Rebecca and obviously now Michaela Skinner like that's gonna be a pretty close battle and also Alexa Moreno because she's someone that I actually had on my podium predictions so maybe I can come out with one of my predictions right. Maybe you can be right about one thing this Olympics. (laughs) 
And then on bars, we have Melanie DJ Susto Santos from France stepping in for Simone Biles. And that makes me happy. Again, not because of Simone stepping out. That obviously makes me very sad, and that's not what I want for her. But it is a good opportunity for Melanie because she didn't make any event finals. So yeah. this is her chance. Like Again, just like Skinner, she probably thought that she was done. This Olympics hasn't gone probably exactly she had hoped. So she gets one more chance. And Simone and Melanie are friends. Simone has been cheering her on this whole Olympics and I think that if anybody's going to step in for her it would be people that you know she would want it to be people that she is friends with it's kind of bittersweet but I'm happy for Melanie that she is getting this opportunity still hopeful that maybe we'll see Simone um she has floor and beam coming up from what we've heard I believe there's still a chance that she will be in the beam final just trying to figure out that dismount um we've heard different things some of it's conflicting, so I, I'm not going to speak on any of it and report information that's not accurate. I'm not going to. I'm not here to do that. We've we've heard one thing and then started to see another, so we're not exactly sure. Probably best just to keep our mouth shut for now. But I'm keeping I, my fingers crossed. There is if there's a, an event that Simone is going to compete on, I think it's likely going to be beam. If she can figure out that dismount, yep, and make it so she doesn't have to do any twisting. Floor, I think they're trying to figure out her passes and see if she can construct a routine that doesn't involve the the triple-double and then also her double-double. I think that's going to be really hard to do, and, and yeah. it will also significantly decrease her start value. But who knows? We'll see. Maybe within the next couple of days, the twisties will resolve itself. She is training now in a gym that has a pit and like more soft mats, which is very, very nice that she's able to train safely in a place that you know she can start to go back to the basics and hopefully try and get those things back. Yeah, she and, didn't say what gym. She said that she would tell everyone after the Olympics, but shout out to whatever gym opened their doors to allow her to come in to train. Yes. That's amazing and I think the biggest thing is it gives her a place to train safely like she could obviously train where everybody else was training but I think that in order for her to really overcome this if she's going to overcome this at these Olympics the best place to do it is at a place where she has a pit and extra mats and honestly maybe even a place that's more secluded so she doesn't have people like watching her and you know feeling like there's pressure like I think she just needs to like focus on herself and you know, hopefully this will work itself out. We know that it can take weeks. We know that it can sometimes take a month or more. So I'm hoping that she will have a better end to her 2020 Olympic story than the way that it started. And either way, we're really excited to see the event finals within the next couple of days and ready to cheer everybody on. And the fact that we don't know what these podiums are going to be makes it all the more fun. That's it for today's episode. We hope you all enjoyed it. Within a couple hours at the time that we're recording this, the event finals are already going to be starting. We will have the vault and uneven bar event final happening on Sunday around 4 in the morning Eastern time. The floor exercise final is on Monday, which is kind of weird, I know, because normally we finish off with floor, but this Olympics, they just decided to make us all confused. And then the beam event final is the final competition for women's gymnastics here at these Olympics, and that will be on Tuesday. Same time, around 4 in the morning-ish Eastern time. So we're excited to watch all that. We will have an episode with the event final breakdown for you guys sometime either Thursday or Friday of next week. So stay tuned for that. We hope you enjoy the competitions coming up and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.